you have to start as an amateur blogger. No yeah, one yeah, starts yeah. as a professional blogger, unless you're famous from another exactly. field already. Yeah. So we're all starting as amateurs, and then slowly you gain credibility, and some people make it their career, and yeah. some people it's just a side thing. Some people it lives in this in-between place forever. It's such a weird thing. So to know at what point do you feel comfortable calling yourself, labeling yourself right. with these yeah. terms, at what point... Is it worth leaving a job yeah. for or going back to work yeah. full-time because your blog can't sustain you? I think it's a really, really tricky thing. Hello and welcome to another episode of TMG Unfiltered. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things outside the blog or whatever we really feel like. Today's episode is an awesome one because we have two very special guests with us. We have Christy from Plant Based Christy and Avra from Love Wild Live Free. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to introduce yourselves and talk about what you do. Great. I've prepared a couple pages, so this will be really good. Yeah, and a song. Uh, kidding. My name is Christy LaPointe, uh, and I run Plant Based Christy, which is a vegan Instagram. I do food styling and recipe development and very amateur food photography with it. Uh, and I am also a writer and an actor in my real life. Beautiful. And I'm Avra Epstein. I run Love Wild Live Free. Um, I host vegan social events in Toronto. And I, on my blog side of things, I have a vegan lifestyle blog. So I've got things like vegan style, recipes, of course, um, and everything else that you can probably look for or want to have <laughs> on a vegan blog. <laughs> um, so yes, in, in my real life, I'm a lawyer. So there's real that. Life. Damn, it sounds so much more impressive. <laughs> Hey, that's not true. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> okay, so we all kind of share a common lifestyle. We have a blog. You guys have a blog. Mm. Why did you guys start your blogs? I'm going to start. So, yeah, so I started mine because I was. it was early on when I had gone vegan, and I wanted to create something that would represent, I guess, what my journey was at the, at the time, and then as I would progress as a new vegan. Um, and I wanted to create resources where – things that I would have wanted to have when I was going vegan, um, especially recipes and then collaborating with brands. So showcasing a lot of Toronto um, products and the like so that people in my city could um, use it as a resource and um, yeah, be just to help other people on their journey. Oh, you're just a really good person. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no, you are. You are. Everyone's like, what do I say? I am a good person. I don't have a mean <laughs> remark to come back with. Uh, I wish my intentions were that noble. That's wonderful. And I've definitely benefited from it, from your Thank website. You. Um, I became a vegan very uh, slowly, but also I, I don't know how to articulate this. I didn't plan on becoming a vegan uh, at all, and it was just something that I slowly kind of opened myself up to, and then after you watch a certain number of factory farming documentaries, and you've met people who are vegan in real life, and you've tasted vegan food that's good, a after a while you're like, yeah, okay, I can try this. That was sort of my trajectory. So I started uh, cooking new vegan recipes, which was totally new to me, um, and I love cooking. I've always 
really, really enjoyed food and eating. And my family has always been really active in the kitchen. So even when we were little kids, my mom would have us like make a meal for the whole family that we were in charge of. And they'd always be, you know, way too ambitious and not turn out. And maybe some of the recipes came from American Girl recipe books. Um, They were historical and they weren't great. But all that to say that when I started cooking more vegan, it just got me really, really excited about food in a way that I hadn't been. And Instagram was still a newer platform. And I thought like, hey, people take pictures of their food on here. I can do that. I'm not the only one doing it. Uh, So it started really, really amateur of just me taking pictures of mostly the food I was making. And I was also working at Fresh at the time in their juice bar. So every uh, time I worked at Fresh on my shift, I would get a meal and I would take a photo of that meal. So slowly, as I got like a better iPhone and the pictures looked better uh, and I was posting like four or five Fresh dishes a week, people started being like, oh, cool, because they see them and they want to see what the new menu items are and the specials. And I was starting to get a little better at photography. So knowing like, oh, natural light matters. Maybe I'll take my food out to the alley and take pictures of it, which is to this day where my best photos from Fresh are, are all uh, like I was sitting on a milk crate in the alley with my phone, like a millennial douchebag uh so it was it was a really slow evolving from that into me taking it a little more seriously and I had a few brands reach out really really early on which was so nice and so flattering um and a lot of them were just like we have a product and we'd love you to like just try it um And that's when I realized, oh, people are treating me professionally. I should probably take this a little more seriously. Uh, And so I started learning a little bit more about food photography and food styling. And at the same time, I started becoming a more seasoned vegan. So I started making better food and understanding vegan flavors and vegan cooking a lot better, uh, getting to know the community. And the community on Instagram itself is so awesome and so supportive in the vegan world, at least that I have experienced. I know people have their drama and raw vegans like hate each other or whatever, but I have only had really, really positive interactions. So all of that kind of came together where it just felt like this is an awesome hobby for me and it's worth really investing in and taking seriously. Uh, And so for me, I knew I would not maintain a blog because I'm so busy and I'm so lazy and I get very, very passionate about things I'm doing and enjoy but sometimes there's not a lot, lot of longevity there. And I had been following Oshi Glows as, as long as I can remember, way before I even went vegan. And to me, that's like sort of the pinnacle of vegan blogging, especially food and recipe oh, blogging. Definitely. All of her recipes are great. Uh, the way she writes them is so, so succinct, but interesting and engaging. And she's just so amazing. She's so <laughs> lovely. She's like a perfect vegan angel. Her anecdotes about her life and her family are compelling. So to me, I kind of thought like, okay, if I can't aim for that, it's not really worth me doing right now. And in some ways, I think that's hurt me because a lot of the stuff I do, people, their first question is like, what's your blog? Can we see your blog? Let me go to your blog.
blog, which is why uh, about a year and a half ago, I started a tiny letter, which is like a, a quick, easy newsletter. So that way I was able to actually like once a month put out a recipe and basically do like a once a month blog yeah. uh, that I just send to people to who subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. So that was a kind of fun way for me to incorporate what I'm already doing because I am creating recipes all the time and doing a lot of the things that food bloggers do. Uh, but there's no way in hell that I'm going to post even once a week. <laughs> and I know that and it would just drive me crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I also Instagram when I first started, I was taking pictures and posting them. Now Instagram has become like a micro blogging website. So when I post a photo, sometimes I've spent hours taking that picture, creating that recipe, right? Like make editing the photo, everything like it takes a long time. And then I have like a absurdly long caption, which may or may not have a recipe in it or me plugging something else or a story about my niece. So like I do consider those sort of like mini blog posts yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, see that. I, I don't yeah. just take a picture of the food I'm eating and post it on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm using stories. <laughs> <laughs> stories, the greatest feature. Uh, what a game changer. I, I really did when I was re- really at my height of being like, okay, I'm really going to pursue this. I got so... Uh, frustrated because I felt like but what about all my restaurant pictures like I can't take a beautiful photo at a restaurant with perfect lighting that I can carefully style like I want to share vegan restaurants so when stories was introduced right away I was like great that's where I'll do it perfect yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. makes a huge difference life-changing ugh (laughs) that was so awesome honestly (laughs) both of your stories are so inspiring I love your journey is like why you started it. You both have kind of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think something that we don't really talk about in the blogging world is maybe the idea of imposter syndrome. Do you guys, have you heard of that? Like where you feel like <laughs> what? you don't really belong? No, because I'm just always confident. Uh, yes. Have you guys experienced that in your blogging career? And what has that been like? How do you get past those moments where you're like, Am I just a fraud? I'm just taking a picture of my food. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you have friends or family, they'll probably keep you humble. And at least someone will think what you're doing is so dumb. Um, or they'll be confused why you get sent free products. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the best is I get stuff sent to my dad's office. And he'll be like, oh, this thing came and this person delivered it. I had something delivered the other day for... Um, uh, animal justice and helping with their um, 10th year um, gala. Hey, hey. It's very exciting. It's their 10-year <laughs> anniversary. That's amazing. Uh, it's Canada's um, only legal organization that deals with the rights of animals. So they've, they're doing amazing work. And so I'm managing some of the sponsorship stuff for them. So somebody had hand-delivered something. My dad was just like, what is this? He brings it in. I'm like, please keep it at your office because I'm trying to keep everything organized. But he was just like so perplexed that things are just – I mean, obviously, I've asked him beforehand, yeah. but he's just like, what is this? Why is this being dropped off for me? Yeah, yeah I think I was just visiting my parents in California, yeah. and there's a brand, um, Dr. McDougal's, yeah, which Avra and I have talked yeah. about them quite a bit, but they reached out to me probably a year ago, and were like, hey, we want to send you a whole bunch of stuff. We love you. We love your style. It fits with what we do. Like, let us send you a big thing. And I was like, yes, amazing. <laughs> this is like a healthy vegan brand yes. that I totally can align myself with. I would buy this food anyway, great. And then as soon as I sent my address, they were like, oh, Canada, whoops, we did not read your bio carefully enough. Uh, we can't, they're like, we can't send you stuff in Canada, but if you're, whenever you're in the States, let us know. So when I went to visit my parents, I, sent, I just sent them a little message being like, hey, I'm in town for like a week. 
you want to send me a bunch of free stuff? And they did. They, they sent, they sent, thank you, Dr. McDougal's. Uh, <laughs> they sent just this beautiful care package wow. of soups and these like rice noodle dishes and so much stuff. And it was the first time, because I live here and my parents live yeah. there, it was the first time my mom had ever really seen that. So she did like an unboxing with Aww. me. And I should think she was like impressed and perplexed at the same time. And it was really yeah. fun to be able to yeah. do that with her. But I think as far as imposter syndrome, yeah. like, yes, I think it's something that I deal with in basically every field I work yeah. in or I'm trying to work in. Yeah. I think it's something that women uh, deal with more than men. Uh, statistically, I wish I had real stats ready, <laughs> but statistically women are, uh, in, in work scenarios especially, uh, much more likely to undervalue uh, their experience level yeah. and men are more likely to overvalue it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I, I just see that all the time mm -hmm. uh, in this field, especially this field is really similar to the stuff I do in comedy because you have to start as an amateur blogger. No yeah, one yeah, starts yeah. as a professional blogger unless you're famous from another exactly. field yeah, already. Yeah. So we're all starting as amateurs and then slowly you gain credibility and some people make it their career and yeah. some people it's just a side thing. Some people it lives in this in-between place forever. It's such a weird thing. So to know at what point do you feel comfortable calling yourself, labeling yourself right. with these mm -hmm. terms? At what point is it worth leaving a job yeah. for or going back to work yeah. full time because your blog can't sustain you? I think it's a really, really tricky thing. Definitely. I remember our first big collab, that group of like 10 yeah. that Lisa of the Viet Vegan oh, put together. We did that. We're like all these people that we like inspired us to start our challenge. I'm like, I can't believe we're doing a collab with these people. Like we don't belong here. What yeah. is happening right now? And I remember we said it in the video. We're like, they let us join them. We can't believe it. And we get Lisa from the Viet Vegan email us. She's like, what are you doing? Your stuff's amazing. Stop doubting yourself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Right. I love Lisa. Yeah. She's so incredible. But, like, it was so funny. That first time we were like, holy crap, they let us join us. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, yeah. Oh, no. No go. No go. <laughs> I'll talk the whole time if you let me. So, please. I was going to say that I wear so many different hats all the time in terms of career and doing my blog and doing my events and everything else that I'm doing. And the thing that I've been telling myself basically from the beginning is you just got to fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because nobody's going to take you seriously if you're kind of questioning yourself. You just mm -hmm. got to show that you're confident. Mm -hmm. Put out the best work you can. And yeah. it kind of applies to all facets of life. Totally. And, and I yeah. think being realistic with yourself helps too. Mm -hmm. If you go into any field and you're like, I'm going to be number one, I'm going to be the richest person in this field and the most famous and everyone will love me. It's like, yeah, you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartache because that's a really high bar. And maybe that's great. And maybe you have really lofty goals. Definitely. I certainly do. I'm like very unrealistic. When I was five, I was like, I'm going to win so many Oscars. <laughs> and I basically just kept believing that forever. But if you can, if you can set up smaller benchmarks for yourself, yeah. smaller goals, if, if with my Instagram, I was like, well, if I'm not oh she glows then I'm not <laughs> successful I would have stopped taking pictures of food a long long time yeah. ago because that's not my it's trajectory true. and it's not who I am either definitely and I think the other thing too that kind of keeps me going when I'm like oh am I should I be pursuing one thing over another is the fact that like Instagram YouTube all these platforms are such amazing ways uh, of doing vegan activism just yeah. by sharing photos of food just by you doing that in the back alley years ago in fresh <laughs> you inspire people and you don't even know 
who you're inspiring, but just by putting it out there, it doesn't matter if your picture isn't the best or if it is the best, you're going to hit somebody that's going to look at that and be like, that's delicious. Maybe I should go and try vegan food, right? Totally. And, and, and the community aspect Definitely. of it too, I think. Like it's so easy to feel isolated and just by putting yourself out there, you can instantly connect with people. The internet can be a mean, scary place. It's not always going to be nice people. Yeah. Instagram's a really lovely platform that it tends to Definitely. lean more towards the positive. Yeah. But I, I just, yeah, I just think imposter syndrome is one of those things that it's really difficult to discuss because so many people deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it's so gray in terms of, yeah, amateur to professional, yes. mm -hmm. what you're actually qualified for. I have taken things on less so in the food world more so in the creative world that I was not ready to do mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say that I had imposter syndrome there I'd say I was underqualified and underprepared mm -hmm. but you can still choose to jump in mm -hmm. and be mm -hmm. as good as you possibly can yeah. be and know what you're putting yourself into too yeah. don't take if you are a brand new blogger, mm -hmm. maybe be careful with who you're collaborating with or what you're doing and make sure you feel ready and prepared to do that so you're not going to be taken advantage of, okay. you're not gonna feel like you didn't put your best foot forward or that you made a really bad impression. Yeah. I think you guys are a great example of the quality of what you put out is so strong so that even as like newer creators, when we come across, uh, we, I'm such a big creator. Um, <laughs> when we, the vegan elite, uh, no, when people who have been doing it for longer or are more connected come across it, my first thought when I saw your guys' stuff was like, oh, this is like really good quality. Is yeah. this a brand that's behind yeah. them or is it like some yeah. kind of network that's behind them? Which, high praise. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it made a difference because it stuck out. Versus many, many people follow me on Instagram and then unfollow me because that's how Instagram can work. Yes. Uh, and majority of them, I will go look at at their their account and usually it's just very amateur or it's just uh, sort of unremarkable. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're fishing for accounts to follow you back, make sure your content's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think something that all three of us have in common is that we all have themes to our Instagram accounts mm -hmm. um, in terms of like the type of lighting we use, the the colors, that the colors, totally. the color scheme, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's what sets us apart. And also for me personally, I find that it actually helps when I'm like deciding what I'm going to post. And also even sometimes brands that I'm going to work with, I'm going to look at my own feed and say, okay, like A, does it, I only work with brands that I believe are of high integrity. So mm -hmm. I have a certain standard that I will work with. Um, I'll work with anyone. Please send me your <laughs> I stuff. Mean, I mean, <laughs> most most brands do fall under oh, that. Course, like, I, I have, a lot of I've vegan really, brands who are yeah, going to reach out to you like anyway. It's, yeah. it's where I get like a random like dairy company email me. Would you like to That's promote? Da -da 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 -da. And I'm like, did you not look at my website? <laughs> did you not look at my Instagram? I'm like this is vegan. So um, there's that. But then I think if you're able to like look at like does this photo, for example, fit in? Or does this message fit in? If you're sticking to a certain theme, it's kind of hard to be an imposter because it's what you've already, you know, represented as your brand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Imposter syndrome, uh, like for me, it's something that I've struggled with 
in my careers, but then even also as going a vegan, because I feel like there can be a lot of like judgment on you're not being a good enough vegan, and I'm like, am I even a vegan? It's like the things with like Oreos and palm oil and Mm -hmm. stuff, and like I understand that perspective and stuff, but I'm like, it's all vegan. Like I understand where you're coming from, but cut people some slack. Well, I think that also goes back to like labels and taking yourself really seriously. For me, the way I am and my personality, I'm never going to react well to someone being really dogmatic and really aggressive at me. That's never going to change my mind about anything. I'm a stubborn bossy bitch and I don't want to be wrong. So like you yelling at me, it's not going to get through to me. To me, veganism, the only reason it was even something that I'd ever consider is because I had some friends who were vegan who it wasn't a huge deal, they'd be like, hey, I'm going to make you this fun vegan mac and cheese. And I'd be like, ugh, vegan mac and cheese? Can that even be, taste good? Terrible. And then I'd go and be like, oh, well, it doesn't taste like cheese. But yeah, this is a delicious pasta yeah. dish, and I really like it. So it's like those little seeds were planted. Mm-hmm. And I think as a creator, I, I'm, I'm like, that's what I can give back. Yeah. I can be someone who posts pictures of my smoothies and does dorky, funny Instagram stories about my vegan life and show like this is what it is to me i i really appreciate the things that more hardcore vegan Mm -hmm. activists do Mm -hmm. but for me i'm like a a lot of that wouldn't have gotten through to me and i know there are so many other people that it does not get through to so i am able to sort of like do my thing that's more true to myself but i think that by by doing that i'm able to reach reach a certain reach the people like me or yeah. like who I who I so used to be with your, what you're putting out totally, totally. Yeah. but but I totally relate to that in terms of veganism mm-hmm. there are definitely it can feel like there are levels of veganism yeah. and like and in some ways there are because I also meet people who call themselves vegans and then they're like but sometimes I eat eggs and yeah. sea fish Oh, sea fish, <laughs> seafood, uh, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that doesn't really technically make yeah. you a vegan, yeah. but it's still great if you're trying to cut back Definitely. on any animal yeah. products at all. That's great, and I support it. I wouldn't call you a vegan, and if I was you, I wouldn't call myself that. Mm-hmm. But there are, yeah, but there are people who would probably say that about me because of things I do, because I eat things with palm oil in it, or because. Not all of my clothes are made, uh, are like not made in factories. Mm -hmm. There are people who would be able to say that kind of thing about me, which also like fair. I'm not living a perfect life. I could definitely be doing things, especially in like the eco-friendly world. There's a lot I I could and want to be doing better. So I try to remember that in terms of like the idea of like judgy vegans. Like, yeah, I can judge people around me for eating animals, which I think is really messed up. But I'm also doing things that are not good that maybe they are better at. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're recycling and composting more than I am. So I think for me, like from the beginning, I made the conscious decision when I was going to build a platform that I would always be like the friendly vegan. Mm -hmm. Like make everything approachable. Because I I was was vegetarian for uh, a really long time before I went vegan. And I didn't have the information. So I didn't. If I had made, if I had the information in front of me about dairy and eggs, I would have made the connection a lot sooner and become vegan. Um, and so that gives me a lot of compassion towards like people that might be vegetarian or maybe they're they're not vegan and they're eating organic meat because yeah. it's humane and it has all those happy labels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if this movement's gonna 
progress, which it is, um, but in the best possible way, I think we need to, as like influencers, show people that it's friendly and it's not mm-hmm. hostile and we're not here to like nitpick. Like, nitpick is a great <laughs> word because so often that's what it comes down yeah. to. It's so easy to judge every specific thing we see yes. other people doing. Yeah. And I think too, like just educating yourself, like in terms of products you're buying or like, yes, sustainability is a huge aspect of veganism Mm -hmm. or you could argue, I mean, I believe that, but you could also argue, well, I'm just not eating animal products, therefore Mm -hmm. I'm vegan, which is technically true. But once you kind of get into the vegan lifestyle, you learn Mm -hmm. that there's so many other injustices that are happening Mm -hmm. and we can do more in terms of, you know, our consumer choices. Well, the idea of like intersectionality is so interesting when you talk about veganism because there are a lot of people who are vegans, but they're also racist and misogynist. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that's great. And I don't think that makes you a perfect person by any means. I think that makes you a bad person. Yeah. So looking at uh, the bigger picture, Definitely. I think is really important. And also understanding that like there are so many different types of humans, so there are going to be a lot of different types of vegans. When people have this like perfect image, especially people who are vegan, and I find it happens more with like newer vegans because you get really excited and really (laughs) passionate and you're like, I'm going to go to a march. (laughs) I find that sometimes people want there to be this sort of one ideal. So it's like I'm a plant-based health food vegan and I'd never eat an Oreo but I will have something from whatever brand and like there's just all these specific rules which like if that works for you great I've gone in and out of very very healthy times and times where I'm eating like tater tots for most meals and I think that's fine and I think a lot of it has to do with balance which as people who do this part-time that's something I think we all have to deal with a lot because it it's really easy if you're a full-time food blogger to be like, well, I'm going to make almond milk from scratch every day. But guess what? I don't have time or money to make almond milk from scratch ever. I do it like once a year and I feel like I'm Martha Stewart. But also like if that's for you, that's great. And I think think just being really open to that, that like just because it's going from this really, really small, small minority to blowing up in the yeah. mainstream and with that like we just have to know that the movement is going to evolve and i think it's also educating people too so like a lot of the time my posts are food mostly i do have some lifestyle specific to instagram mm-hmm. but i do try to talk about sustainability i do try to talk about the environment especially the animals mm-hmm. i just went to a elephant sanctuary in thailand which was incredible and i made a point of including it in my instagram stories with educational components so maybe somebody will land on it through a hashtag and see an elephant but then they'll actually learn about well these are elephants that were involved in like the circus and your uh, videos were so heartbreaking (laughs) too it was yes yeah also i'm very optimistic in terms of what's going on there um and what the life that these elephants now have um but it's also like just putting the information out there and showing people like Maybe you're new to veganism, but here's something you can think about for your next consumer purchase or mm-hmm. what you're going to support for your entertainment, things like that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of shift us back towards blogging and how – I think for all of us it's kind of a side hustle, I want to say. And you guys both have very busy careers. You're balancing a lot of things. How do you balance mm-hmm. having a blog and a full-time job? Really answer Please, you tell me the answer, and then I'll just parrot it back. Um, I need to know the answer to this. I don't. (laughs) Damn it! I was afraid we had the same answer. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. It is so hard. Um, For me, it's always been a passion project, so Mm -hmm. it's something that, like, 
it's not my career, but at certain points, it, I, t- I do take it seriously. I am very professional about it, but I, I recognize that. Well, you've also, like, you've yeah. spun off, like, a side hustle yeah, so from I your side hustle with your vegan yeah, social so events. Yeah, so I do events, and um, that's been amazing. I What happened was I was connecting so well with all of these brands in Toronto. Like, I mm-hmm. was going to all the different events. I still go to all, like, all the different Toronto events and really connecting with a lot of local brands and becoming friends with a lot of people through Instagram or even just through going to events and meeting people that are making products in Toronto that are vegan and just doing really great things within the city. Mm -hmm. And so from that, I was able to create um, a line of events and really like hone in on those, those local companies and create a platform for them as well in terms of being like showcased at events that I was doing. Yeah. So I love it. I love the idea that like you're too busy to like do your Instagram, but you're like, but I'm also going to start this whole other giant full-time endeavor. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I definitely relate to that. I think, I think trying to do anything regularly on a professional level that is not your full-time gig and that is not where you're getting your paychecks from is really challenging. Uh, because you have to be the one holding yourself accountable for everything, Definitely. for the amount you're posting, yeah. for the the frequency, for the content. Like it's a it's a it's hard. I've gone through so many different phases with this. <laughs> I tried having like an editorial calendar. So I have worked as a social media manager as a Joe job. Um, I'm the social media manager for the Beaverton, which is like a Canadian satire TV show. And I've worked for a bunch of different brands. I So when I work for them, I'm very good at keeping a, an editorial calendar and planning out our posts way ahead of time and making sure we have all our photos. So for a while, I tried doing that for Plant Based Christie, and it was uh, helpful and <laughs> things went out way more frequently, but it, was, it just wasn't sustainable yeah. for me because I have so much else happening that I was like, this is not fun for me to now sit down and spend 10 hours planning out post and I don't I don't have those 10 hours to give even if I wanted yeah. to and now I'm not taking photos and now I'm not thinking about food and recipes and what I actually want to be doing yeah. with this mm-hmm. so I've I've gone back and forth a lot I'm in a phase right now of not posting very frequently at all I've been really busy with my acting and writing stuff I have quick plug time uh, I have a, a web series that's out on CBC comedy that's called so yoga 101 cool. thank you uh, that's just been this really fun project that I got to co-create and I star in it uh, and I'm like the head writer for it and it's it's been so great but even for like five episodes of a web series it has taken up so much of my time and at a certain point I'm doing that I'm developing a few other shows I'm writing on some stuff I just had to kind of look at it and go, you know what? I can't post every day. I can't even post like four times a week right now because I don't have the time to make the quality of posts that I want to be able to put out. And I would rather not post or share old posts than just be putting up stuff for the sake of putting it up. And that is somewhere where I find the Instagram stories incredibly helpful because yeah, I, if I'm on a set, I can be like, hey, look, this is the vegan food on set. Yeah. Or if I'm grabbing something from Bloomers or whatever. Like, I I was able to just sort of, like, sit down and be real with myself about that, which was helpful because instead of feeling guilty, I now am like, yeah, I'm focusing on a million other things and trying to win those Oscars I promised my five-year-old <laughs> self. So, so that's helpful. But 
it's been a while and I definitely like miss it. And I was in Ottawa for three weeks with my husband and we were just there to work and I was mostly there to write and work on my writing, but it was also an opportunity for me to cook. And it was so nice to just be able to have the time and space. And it was right after Hot for Food's cookbook came out. And we had been at the, Ever and I were at the launch party and we were tasting all these things from the book. And I just kept being like, oh, I want to make this and I want to make this. And so to be, to have the space and time uh, and to kind of be relaxed, to be like, okay, I'm going to cook like 12 recipes from this book. I'm going to cook these other five recipes that I've had on a notepad forever that I've never got to. And so that was really fun. And it helped me like stock some content that I'm now very slowly posting. Uh, But it's also been a little while now and I'm like I miss it I want it yeah. I want to be doing more food photography I want to be doing styling because it is a hobby and it's something I love and am passionate about so Definitely. sometimes I think just knowing that the like yin and yang of that balance for me sometimes I have to be conscious sometimes it happens really naturally yeah. I've gone through like um the same kind of thing for sure yeah where like I'm so super passionate and I have this I'm always passionate but I'm like super passionate about getting the content out there yeah. and I have this time and I can really dedicate to creating recipes or you know taking photos and then there's other times where it's just like pure craziness and I'm like I've the last couple of weeks I've been trying to secure a venue mm-hmm. for a very exciting vegan social event mm-hmm. and we're all very excited about it Catherine's on board helping as well very lucky to have her um, <laughs> but it's just been like the last couple of weeks I came back from Thailand and I've just been like trying to find a venue, working on our sponsorship and vendor packages, and it's just been nonstop. Like, that was a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I probably should post something. And I have all these pictures from Thailand, so I've slowly been posting them, but I have that where it's like the the ebbs and flows of, you know, going really hard at one point and hustling, and then taking a step back and being like, okay, these are other things I have to work on, and this is where my energy has to go. Mm -hmm. And, like, not feeling guilty about that either. Because there's times where I'm like, oh, I didn't post today, and I kind of, like, today I didn't post and I was like shoot like I'm kicking myself but what did I do instead I went for a run I went to I took my dog to the park to the ravine and it was really lovely and nice and I was in nature and then I went to um, a vegetarian association event and now I'm here and it's like I did real life things I didn't sit on my phone figuring out what picture to post and what I was going to write under it so like it's yeah I think it just brings that life work balance to like a whole other level when it's like life work work side hustle hobby (laughs) work exercise balance Mm -hmm. I, I know for us, it's helpful that we always film on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a scheduled thing. We don't even have to, like, we don't have to work out what days we're working together anymore. It's just Sundays. Every week it's Sundays, and we know that, and that helps us keep on track. Mm-hmm. But I know if I was doing this alone, I'd be, like, you guys, where I'd be like, I don't, I I have no one relying on me to post something yeah. on yeah. this account, so I'm like, why am I going to post anything? I'm being lazy today. Collaboration, <laughs> I think, is also a yeah. really yeah. helpful thing. I know for, like, yeah. as a writer... I will never finish a project until I have a deadline. And yeah. I am just so lucky that I've had opportunities in the That's last nice. little while where I've had a lot of deadlines, <laughs> which means I've had to work a lot. And yeah. do I put it off? Of course I do, because I'm yeah. an idiot. But there's a there's a final product at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't have anyone to answer to other than yourself and your own standards, it can be really hard to figure that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One thing for me is whenever I'm working with a brand, that's when I got like the push to get mm-hmm. a post out by a certain date that I promised mm-hmm. or a giveaway that I need to post, things like that. Then I feel the heat. But like otherwise, I'm just kind of like chilling, do it when I yeah. feel like. But at certain points, I put more pressure on myself. And, you know, I was trying to get blog posts out every week. And now I'm just more realistic and I'll post them when I 
have the time and I have the uh, the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, it's also hard with ever changing algorithms on social media yes. platforms. Yeah. I know for me, for a while, I was posting photos on Instagram every single day and I felt the need to because everything was telling me you have to post every day or your followers aren't going to see these photos blah 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 they want you to post every day and then in the last I don't even know how long six months to a year it has really changed Mm -hmm. my posts are seen by a lot fewer people regardless of everything I've done all of the testing I'm like is it the day is it the time regardless my posts are just seen by a fraction of even my followers let alone new people So uh, that kind of took a little bit of the pressure away from me because I was like, look, if it's not going to be seen by people, why am I doing? Yeah, especially that cost time benefit. If Mm -hmm. I'm spending three hours getting this recipe photo post ready, then like I want people to see it. And I'd rather do two of those a week than do seven and they're not being yeah, seen. Like I try to post in my story because that's where I see the interaction and that's where I see the uh, um, I see the numbers. And uh, I don't see that as much on my actual Instagram feed. But apparently they're changing it. So we'll see what they're happens. They're always changing. And that's the thing. You have to be flexible <laughs> yeah. and you have to be willing to And adapt. I have tried so many things as well. I've tried testing it out and I just, I don't know the answer. And mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone yeah. knows. Yeah. I mean, in a very different way. I So I write comedy and I have a Twitter account where I tweet dumb jokes uh, and like promote my projects. And I, for a long time, felt so much pressure to tweet. And I was just all the time, I was like, oh, I don't have any thoughts. I don't have any funny opinions about anything. I should be tweeting a joke a day and I haven't tweeted in two months. Oh, I'm, I feel so guilty. And I went to a writing workshop and the woman running it is very famous on Twitter. And she, someone asked basically like, how do you do it? Because her, her Twitter has led to so many career opportunities. And she was like, what do, you, what do you mean, how I do it? She truly had never been asked that before, which huh. I found baffling. But her answer was kind of like, I love tweeting, and I always have things to say, and my friends don't want to hear them, so I put it on the internet. <laughs> I wish I could do it more. Like, I hold back. And that was so freeing for me to be like, right. For some people, that's just natural, and that's fun for yes. her. Mm-hmm. If it's painful, and I'm, like, up at night worried about a funny joke, like, who cares? Yeah. Just don't do it. So I took a lot of time away and I really like loosened all pressure that I had put on myself for that. And now it's like a fun platform again awesome. for me. Yeah. And I will tweet something funny when I think of it. More likely I will draft something and then be like, I'll come back to this later <laughs> and figure out a punchline. But it's now, it, it has been a lot more useful for me to use it in a way that works for me. Yeah. 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 You have to like adapt all the social media tools to work for you and not compare yourself to others yeah. so much because like oh, I think people see so hard like I see so many Instagrammers that can post like two or three times a day I'm like how do you do that <laughs> like I don't understand sometimes I can't even post once a day <laughs> yeah it's it's so funny but also something that I have to constantly remind myself of in the comparison game is that not only are everyone's lives and situations different everyone's focuses are different yeah. too mm-hmm. so for me there are some people that I started around the same time as uh, as far as like seriously Instagramming vegan food mm-hmm. and a few of those accounts have gotten massive they have 10 times as many followers as I do and I look at it and I look at their content and I think like this is really good and it's a really good quality and they're putting it out way more consistently than me. But it's not anything I couldn't do. The thing is, instead of spending 
all of my time outside of my paying jobs mm-hmm. doing this, I'm also writing a screenplay and I'm also going to auditions and I'm also teaching yoga classes or whatever. Like I have mm-hmm. so many other things that I'm doing and that I'm choosing to prioritize. Yeah. And I think it's easy to just be like, ugh, well, I'm not wildly successful, so it's not fair. But for me, I look at it and go, yeah, well, maybe I could also have that if that was my only yeah, thing yeah. that I was doing. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a choice I'm making. I could yeah. quit everything else that I pursue and go fully into vegan food. Yeah. But I think that would be a bad choice because I think I have other skills that I find fulfilling. And I think also this is a really crowded space yeah. that a lot of people are pursuing. And I think it would be... Uh, I think it would be a mistake for anyone to put all of your eggs yeah, in one yeah. basket. Like, we talk about that sometimes. Like, yeah. we'll joke about, oh, man, if we were doing this full time, we'd do this and we'd do this and we'd be able to do this. But then we, like, actually talk and we're like, would we want to do this full time? Probably yeah. not. Because it's so, like, you don't, like, what if you're just not popular one day anymore? All of a sudden you don't have a job. <laughs> like, well, what if your platform's changing? Yeah, all of a sudden uh, YouTube's not popular or whatever. Whole new it's platform. like, it's crazy. Like, I would love to be able to do it with more time Mm -hmm. like be it a part-time thing not just a one day a week thing but I don't know if I would ever want it to be my full-time job because I just I think it's I think as soon as something like this that starts as a passion and a hobby does become your job job you have to be a grateful about it and not a dick because sometimes people are like oh it's so hard being a full-time lifestyle blogger and I can't handle that uh but Uh, in addition to being grateful for the opportunity, I think you also have to be realistic and that whatever that looks like for you, if that's, okay, great, I have this now, so I'm going to write a bunch of cookbooks or I'm going to leverage this into a TV deal or I'm going to also make sure that I'm like hedging my bets with whatever my old career was so that if and when this is no longer popular or interesting to me I have something else not necessarily to fall back on Mm -hmm. but just something else in your life exactly yeah yeah so we talked a little bit about like how YouTube can change and Instagram can change (laughs) and you never know what's going to happen but what do you guys think is the future of blogging and even food blogging like where is this headed for people what are what's going to happen this is so fun I feel like I'm on a panel (laughs) I feel like I'm on a panel of experts that I, like, was mistakenly asked to be on. Oh, Uh, (laughs) There it is. Um, That's a great question. I think it's wherever technology goes, right? Like, whether it's, like, virtual virtual reality. Um, I don't know. Like, come join me in the kitchen. I guess you can almost already do that. Yeah, VR, I think, is going to be huge for food content. I think the fact that, like, Food Network doesn't have anything like that yet is a missed opportunity. They're probably already working on it. But, yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, something like that. You can already basically do it. You just put yourself to Instagram Live or Facebook Live and Mm -hmm. join me in my kitchen and watch me cook all these things. You could do it. Or even YouTube, uh, the the live stream. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think, like, I think VR. Yeah, I also think, like, so many people want to be internet stars now and that has changed the landscape even from 10 years ago it's like i feel like before every kid wanted to be like a movie star or a singer now everyone's like i want to be a youtube star or an instagram influencer and like it's so different totally and so because of that people are interacting with social media in a different way Mm -hmm. interacting with social media as a user is different than interacting with it as someone who wants to become successful Mm -hmm. on that platform and i know i can be guilty of that sometimes when i'm like looking at stuff more for research Mm -hmm. than to enjoy it 
And I think I think there will be more and more of that, which yeah. means less mega stars, but maybe it will mean lots of smaller micro creators, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, not at all. Yeah, that would be awesome to see a lot more micro creators and not just see the same people over and over yeah. again. It'd be so cool to be able to see more people use it to a bigger advantage. I don't know what word I'm trying to yeah. say. You have like a better demographic of people yeah. in that yeah. sense. I like. I do think there are going to be less YouTubers who are like multi-millionaires but it would be awesome yeah. if there were lots of youtubers who are making like a good living i would say sorry not better demographic i have to go back to that <laughs> i meant like a better like variety of yeah. demographics yeah, that's totally. what i meant yeah. <laughs> totally i think what it comes down to is just hoping that the technology steps up their game yeah. so that smaller creators can be found because then it can become more of a mainstream job like right now it's like oh my god I can make my money off YouTube or off a blog. That seems like impossible. Mm -hmm. But if the technology can catch up and make it possible for a bunch of micro creators, as you said, to make a living, then it becomes like this new job market. Definitely. I think it's hard though, because I think there will always be massive corporations who will want to make so much money. So every time a new platform comes up, A, they're probably going to become one of those massive corporations and B, Every other big company is like, right, how can we leverage this? How can yeah, we use definitely. it? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just using it to the advantage of the message that you're trying. Not as a corporation. I mean, for us. <laughs> uh, really good that corporate propaganda. No, I, I'm saying for us, like, looking yeah. at it and, you know, just trying to maximize on it. Like, I think one of the big issues um, with Instagram right now is that they want – I have, a, I have it set up as a business. I think we all do, right? Yeah. And the great perk is you get to see all the insights. Yeah. But the issue is they want you to be paying for all the ads, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's where things get kind of funny. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in the future. I don't know that everyone that's a business is paying for advertising. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so hard because Facebook's like that. Like, if you want to be seen mm-hmm. as a page, you have to you have pay to, pay. to be seen now. Well, do you know, do you guys know about the new Facebook, like what they've said they're going to kind of transition to? So they basically in the last little while have been saying our feeds as users are now going to be way more friends and family and way way less pages which it already is like that so if they're saying that it's going to be such a drastic change i can't even imagine how rarely you'll see page stuff but exactly for that reason for that pay to play Mm -hmm. they want people to have to spend ad dollars and so it's basically like how do you then use this platform which of course they're allowed to do that they can do whatever they want it's a free platform no one no one is promised to become famous from facebook pages Mm -hmm. but how do how do we then work around that and does that mean moving to new platforms or being creative and finding creative workarounds which they will then come back and have other things for (laughs) yeah i think i think it's a really exciting time but it's very daunting and i think it's a really, really important thing to be diversifying. Like what you guys are doing with the Two Market Girls brand is so smart in terms of having a YouTube channel, but also you're podcasting and you're Instagramming and you're freaking like you're doing everything. I feel like you guys like, I feel like you are really making sure to cover your bases and that all of your fans and followers aren't just on one platform. Because for me, if Instagram went away tomorrow, it would be a really, really hard thing for me. I have very small followings on some other channels and I have my my email subscribers, but they're not as many as my Instagram followers. I think a big challenge too as well, like you said, with how Facebook is changing their page, I think people and brands especially have to kind of change their content. 
Like, you can't be selling. You have to be mm-hmm. storytelling. You have to be genuine and authentic. Otherwise, people are just going to scroll past you. But even that, like, that's so challenging from a marketing perspective because then what is the value? Like, especially for a huge company, everyone already knows who you are. So if you're making beautiful short films people are seeing on the internet, like, that's great. Is that going to sell your product? Because if it's not, someone higher up is going to be like, no, we're not paying you to do this. Yeah. And I think it's it's just this, it's just in this weird, weird place. And yeah. sponsored content is also, I think, a huge thing and I'm very curious to see if it gets way more down that road or if people start to revolt against it I know on YouTube Mm -hmm. people can be really mean when videos are sponsored which to me seems crazy because don't you want the people you like to watch to make money and make a living like like and especially if they're working with like I get it for a huge YouTuber and they're just working with Walmart and any brand but like especially with smaller influencers and YouTubers who are working with brands that you probably will like their stuff Mm -hmm. I don't understand the aversion to that I can understand maybe if it starts like changing what they're doing if all of a sudden their content is completely different because they're bending to what the sponsored person wants but like if their content's the same and they just happen to be making money from it what's the problem yeah and they're still doing the other stuff that you love so for me I could definitely see more of that I've been watching um Iron Chef Gauntlet (laughs) and they don't do it on a lot of Food Network shows but on that show certain aspects of the challenges are sponsored by companies that's why I brought up Walmart Walmart is one of the sponsors and it literally like it'll just say it on a title card and or when they're grabbing ingredients from a kitchen like you'll see the brand's logo it's very small it's not really obtrusive to the show in my opinion and i'd want rather that than a commercial Mm -hmm. so for me i'm like that's an interesting way of integrating sponsorship Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to see where that goes we've like barely talked about monetization and that's such a huge thing about what we do But like you said, people are just so used to getting your content for free Mm -hmm. that when you do something that is obviously you're making money for it, it upsets them. But then you're like, yeah, but I I love what I do. Don't you guys want me to do what I love? But then I also hope that we see companies like Patreon get bigger because then you're not paying a creator to work with a brand. You're just paying a creator because you like them. Mm -hmm. And that way you can get their most genuine content. You want to be able to support them and be able to let them continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm very curious. Going back to the future of it, I'm very curious to see if we get any new platforms. Oh yeah. Because like we were talking about this a few podcasts ago. What was the what's Vera, the newest platform? Vera. Vera was the newest one, but that's gone. What? But what's or the newest what that? one that's stuck? Instagram, Twitch, um, Snapchat, Snapchat. Uh, I'd say probably Twitch I is. Twitch I mean, although I also I probably heard about that very late because I'm not a video yeah. game guy. Oh, yeah. no, Twitch oh, yeah. has been around for a while, but no one knew about it except for gamers. Yeah. It's like very niche. But, like, yeah. there hasn't been a new social media new, app like, that's major. stuck. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see if one if comes up. Well, it's really interesting right now because, like, Twitter, for example, I know a lot of people who have left Twitter. And really, yeah. that's so interesting to hear. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like people younger than me, not to disclose any ages on this podcast, are not on Twitter. They're so it's not. really They're interesting not. to hear that you guys are on Twitter. I like mm. the conversation of Twitter. And like, you can kind of do, it's a, I find it's a little more creative mm-hmm. on Twitter because you don't have to stick to one thing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can kind of experiment with a little bit else. Like, I think Twitter's our most versatile platform mm-hmm. because we can do funny posts, but we can also post about our recipes yeah. and do other things. And, and just like 
visually. You can do photos, you can yeah. do videos, you can yeah. do just text. Yeah. Uh, so in some ways, I really like Twitter, but I think people aren't using it as much. As yeah. far as I know, people not. are yeah. leaving the app in droves. It's becoming a really negative place. It's becoming very political, which is important in these times, but it's not like a fun escape like a lot of other social media can mm -hmm. be. So I'm really curious to see where the future of Twitter is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many, I don't know, like so many people have a wrong idea about Twitter because really the advantage of Twitter is that's where you can truly engage with other people. Instagram, like how busy do your DMs get and you get comments and stuff, but on Twitter you're more likely to actually get See every replies reply. from other people yeah. and actually mm -hmm. get to engage with them. And I think people don't take advantage of that enough. Even engaging with people from your community. Like sometimes I'll just go through the vegan hashtag and see like what people are talking about. That is so funny. I never use Twitter for anything vegan. Like I don't <laughs> use it for food stuff. I don't look up vegan. Like just you saying this is me thinking, am I missing a yeah, whole think, secret world? Because <laughs> I don't, like for me, Twitter is A, it's a platform for me as a writer and a comedian, yeah. but I engage with comedy and with politics and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And like, feminism stuff which I guess mm -hmm. falls under mm -hmm. politics kind of yeah yeah I think yeah. we have some of our most engaged followers on Twitter, Twitter. is probably one of our most consistently engaged yeah. audience I think and we get like we have like dedicated fans on each platform I find <laughs> except Instagram Instagram okay, no changes bragging. from time Come to time <laughs> it's like three people that are dedicated <laughs> on each platform <laughs> But, like, I think they're the most consistent on Twitter. That is so good to know. fascinating. Yeah, I didn't. But we also struggle with Twitter all the time. Like, it, we haven't really grown it very fast. No, it's so mm -hmm. slow. It's, it's really hard to do Twitter well, mm -hmm. and even we struggle with it. But I know the key to growing Twitter is really just engaging with people. Mm -hmm. Like, just talk to people. That's what they're there on Twitter for. Yeah, there's also, I don't think, I don't think there's any, like, quick hacks to Twitter. It's like, no. you, sure, you can follow and unfollow people to get followers, but if you want an actual <laughs> engaged follower base, like, you just need to be on there for a long time putting out good shit forever, yeah. and then slowly people will come to you. And talking to people. Yeah. Like, if you talk to people, that pays off way more than putting out, like, three tweets, you'll get less interaction than replying to five people. Totally. I have a friend who's also a social media manager, and she says... Uh, for every one tweet that you put out, this is just her formula, I do not follow it, but she said it could be helpful. She said for every one tweet that's like your own stuff, especially if it's anything vaguely like call to action-y mm -hmm. or selly, uh, you should also be retweeting something from like a brand or another person on Twitter you like, something that like fits and that your audience will like, but you should be retweeting something and replying to three tweets. Like, that's a lot of work for every one time you tweet. That's the thing. Like, I know what it takes for Twitter, but it's so hard to yeah. put in the time. Like, you said stressing about out about tweets. I do that all the time. Like, Catherine will manage Instagram and I'll manage Twitter. And I'm like, I haven't tweeted all today. Would you guys use, I mean, I, maybe not at this level, but if you were making a little bit of money from two market girls to a degree that you felt it was worth it, would you use like a software, like a scheduling software? See, I go back and forth. Like I work as a social media manager as well, and I hate using those. I Because I feel like if I'm not actually there and seeing what people are talking about, then what I'm posting about might not be relevant at all. And it feels fake to me. Yeah. Like I just... 
I have a hard time doing it. I know that I should schedule because it makes things <laughs> I go back and forth on it too. Like I'm kind of in the same place as you. I And I definitely agree with you in terms of like that inauthentic feel because it is it is inauthentic yeah. to a month ahead of time be like, beep, boop, boop. Yeah. These are the things I'm going to say three weeks from now. Yeah, that may not be relevant uh, anymore. Yeah, but if it's evergreen stuff yeah. and if you're in a position where you know you're not going to be yeah. tweeting – I think there is value to it. And I go back and forth because I, like, as a social media manager, always. Uh, no one is paying me enough that I'm going to be on Twitter for, yeah. like, 12 hours a day <laughs> looking at their Twitter account. That's crazy. But personally, I have tried scheduling stuff, and I have not done it. I do it a little bit on my Facebook page. And it's, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's really interesting just seeing sort of, like, that different dynamic. But also it makes sense. Like, people who are posting 12 times a day on five different platforms, like, yeah, that's yeah. probably how they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Trying to keep up with all the social media accounts because I'm still trying to build up our Pinterest a little bit, oh too. And Pinterest is, like... This is where I'm, like, I could never have a real blog. Oh Pinterest! I, it's so much. Like, Facebook... Facebook's one. I manage Facebook as well, but I've started just scheduling things because I forget about Facebook all the time and I feel so bad. So I'm like, I'll just schedule at least a few things for the month so that I know even if I forget, there's something going mm -hmm. up. But like Pinterest is so hard because like I'll go through week where I'm like on Pinterest all the time doing so well. And then all of a sudden I forget about it for two weeks yeah. and totally just it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And I just like, how do you keep up with everything? And I'm again, I'm back and forth on the scheduling stuff mm -hmm. too, but I don't know. It's so it's so hard. I think all we can say is that we do our best. <laughs> <laughs> and as our our rule has always been, as long as we're still having fun doing it, we're gonna keep doing it. And let's make sure that it stays fun. Because yeah. like I don't really want to stop doing yeah. it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah. This yeah. has been a very great conversation. Yes. I think I learned so many things from you guys. You guys have been doing this way longer than we have. You have so much more experience. Ah, uh, the olden days. <laughs> We're no, 90. When there was no algorithm on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I know. It's just so easy. When I look back at those glory days, I'm like, I wasted them. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I could be Oshi Glows. <laughs> Uh, final notes. Do you guys want to plug anything? Self-promotion is welcome here. <laughs> Go for it. Anything going on in your lives right now. Or where they can check out your content, too. Definitely. Yes, sir. All right. So definitely check out my blog. It's lovewildliveFree.com. Um, if you also want to find out, in, if you're in Toronto and you want to find out about my upcoming events, that'll all be at vegansocialevents.com. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, which I sometimes use. <laughs> Pinterest, which I sometimes use. It's all at Love Wild Live Free. One E on Twitter. Uh, I am at Plant Based Christy, K R I S T Y, on Instagram. Please follow me there. Uh, I've got lots of really exciting comedy and acting and writing projects happening. Go watch Yoga 101 on CBC Comedy. Please, yeah. every view helps. Maybe they'll let me make more stuff for them. It's such a delight. Uh, if you've ever done any kind of yoga or probably any kind of like organized exercise class, you'll probably relate to it. It's not actually about yoga. It's about the funny and absurd things that happen in yoga studio culture. I have worked as a yoga teacher for years and I managed a studio that Avra actually yeah, uh, has gone to. Uh, so a lot of it is based in real life experiences and frustrations. Uh, yeah, and I'm at Christy LaPointe on Twitter if you like a lot of half jokes about snacks and I don't know, like sexy British crime drama. Yeah, and your newsletter. 
Oh, and plant-based Christy. I have a newsletter called Snack Time. You can find it all through my I my website. Oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> ChristyLapointe.com. Isn't that an easier plug than everything I've just said? <laughs> just stare at photos of me and read my, I don't know, writing CV. <laughs> Solid. Okay, and we are at Two Market Girls everywhere, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Everywhere. <laughs> if you want to continue the conversation or you have tips about having a blog as a side hustle, be sure to reach out to us. We love carrying on the conversation. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe. If you really liked it, maybe give it a rating or a comment. We're always open to feedback. If anybody's actually enjoying this <laughs> or we should change stuff, let us know. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah.